Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Confluence Cast presented by Columbus Underground. We are a weekly Columbus-centric podcast focusing on the civics, lifestyle, entertainment, and people of our city. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. This week, we're shopping local. On the occasion of the holiday season, we sat down with two people immersed in the movement. First up, Timothy Wolf Star and I discussed the recently rebranded small business beanstalk, now called Connects Columbus. Then, Lynn Stan, co-founder of Celebrate Local, and I talk about why phrases like buy local and fair trade are the same. We talk about the importance of relationships. We talk about the inherent difficulty in quantifying the value of buying, shopping, and sourcing local. And finally, how to prove out a concept. You can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Enjoy the interviews. Sitting down here with Timothy Wolfstar, the interim director of Connects Columbus, formerly the small business Beanstalk. Wolf, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Tim? I'm great. I'm great. We are sitting down here on the occasion. First of all, congratulations on what are we calling it? The merger? Uh, yes, the, the merger partnership. Great. The Small Business Beanstalk, having been around for seven years, which is a uh, local business affinity program, businesses come in, they pay a fee, they then are able to market themselves and offer discounts to customers, patrons, with the use of the Small Business Beanstalk card. That program has now merged into with CD1025. CD1025 will sort of be, for lack of a better term, they have a, a sales force. They'll, they'll sort of be taking that over. Is that correct? Yes. So it will be merged into the great community work that they already do. So okay. they're Street teams, their sales force, their giant microphone will all be championing the uh, small businesses of Central Ohio. And forgive me if I overstep my bounds, but sort of this is actually seems to me like a really good model to engage small businesses. Advertising on television and radio and frankly, large print is not cheap. And sort of the return on investment for a small business doesn't tend to be quantifiable all the time. And it seems like a really good opportunity to give small businesses, frankly, the opportunity to engage in that form of media. It's a way where we're able to champion the idea of shopping local and supporting independent entrepreneurs with a megaphone that that really can't be matched anywhere else. How did the SBB get started? So we... So first of all, let's do the fun facts. Yes, of course. Uh... Timothy Wolfstar, along with myself, we are both graduates of Columbus City Schools. At the time we graduated, they were called Columbus Public Schools. Mm-hmm. Wolf, actually, at the ripe old age of... 18? 18, ran for Columbus City Council, did not win, but it was sort of first evidence that he was going to do things that were a little too big for his britches. It was Columbus uh, Public School Board. Excuse me, Columbus Public School Board. So back to it. How did the Small Business Beanstalk get started? Yeah. So after my uh, political foray, foray, I got involved with a lot of small businesses, primarily in the blue collar sector. So we had asphalt, concrete, distribution. My favorite was a Christmas light company called The Life Before Christmas, which we ran for about five years. And I did that for a while. And then we got to a point where my partners, who were a couple years older than me. And to be clear, these were like small seasonal based businesses that you were like, 
oh, this seems like a really good model to implement. Exactly. So my partners didn't want to work 80 hours a week because they were the age that you and I are now. Mm -hmm. And uh, they wanted to spend time with their families. And I decided that I just wanted to keep charging forward. So I took a look at where I could do the most good. And what I saw was a lot of my friends at that point in time were graduating from college without a clear direction of where they wanted to go. So I assisted them in doing the basics of setting up a business. It would be filing an EIN, getting their LLC, and then I'd start to connect them together. So the printing company, which needs a alarm installed, we'd find them a great local company that could do that. And then when the alarm company needed business cards, we would connect them with a designer and then a printing company that could do that. That grew to about 60 businesses, all business to business services, and then we realize you can't have a network of 100 businesses and have eight of them be insurance companies or right. eight of them be printing companies. So we realized that by adding consumer-based companies to the mix, we would be able to double the number of those kinds of businesses and provide a value for everyone. Right. So and that model then became sort of what the small business Beanstalk is known for, for the, the card, for getting a discount on coffee, for getting upsized popcorn at Drexel, that sort of thing. Exactly. We, we thought that by creating a small network of, let's say, 100 businesses that offer discounts to, say, 2,000 people, we would be able to create enough commerce where they would receive a great value. And then they would use our business services even more. Right. Because it is a fee-based organization. To be clear, it is it is not a nonprofit. It's a for-profit organization. But what you're doing is sort of showing a return on investment to your business clients by basically directing customers to them. Correct. To add additional value beyond just the business services. Right. Will CD1025, this new Connects Columbus name, will that, because it's basically just a rebranding and they're sort of, you know, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag, but you are the quote unquote interim director. Mm -hmm. You're sort of ushering this progress along. I will not use the term transition team. <laughs> um, will they keep sort of the program the way it is now they'll keep some of the parts of the program okay it, it truly is theirs to be able to actualize to its full potential but what i can tell you is that they're bringing in external partners throughout the central ohio community to help with tourists when they come into town to help okay. with the business services well and the sbb sort of partnered with them on doing like goodie bags for quote-unquote celebrities that would come into town so that was a partnership what between sbb experience columbus and 1025 Right. We've been working with 1025 since the very beginning. Mm -hmm. What we discovered in the path to figure out who was the right partner to transition right. into was that they were the ones who carried the, the best rock star, independent, sort of pirate attitude of, we're independent businesses, we're going to do this together, uh, we're going to move it forward. But we have a lot of great partners, which are also involved in this deal, that are adding some of the concrete and helping it be much more structured. Can you talk about those partners? Yeah, we've got a handful of different neighborhood associations, which we're working with. We have a couple of foundations, which are helping us improve our outreach to new American populations, to areas which have been underserved by the traditional SBB program. Mm -hmm. One of the goals of the new Connects Columbus is how do we make this uh, city and region-wide. SBB did a phenomenal job of connecting businesses and consumers along the high street corridor for years. 
and we had pockets and great neighborhoods in some of our suburban communities, but it wasn't everybody. And one of the goals well, is... Well, you can't be everywhere at the same time. You were never a staff of more than like three, plus some salespeople maybe. R- correct. And, and this allows us the opportunity to really reach all of Central Ohio. And I'm excited to help them with that journey. Great. Can you talk about sort of the importance of shopping local? Absolutely. So shopping local is really voting with your dollars for the groups that you believe in and that you want to support and you want to see stick around. Nobody is ever going to be able to shift all of their shopping local. We live in a global economy and a lot of our commerce is done online. A lot of our commerce is much more convenient when we do it at Uh, the traditional retailers. But when you're looking for those unique gifts, when you're looking for those items which are special, the best place to find those are at local businesses. It's difficult to find the pair of shoes that you're looking for at a local business. Uh, For example, I very much need a new pair of shoes to go with my blue jean and blazer ensemble. Mm -hmm. And so I'll check out Tiger Tree. I'll check out Hat and Soul. I'll check out a handful of different ones. But if I'm not able to find what I need there, my options are quite limited. But on the other side of things, if I need to go get a cup of coffee, it's very easy for me to say, I would rather go support my friends at Cup of Joe or Stoffs or Impero or Mission or Crimson Cup than to take the easy out of just going to a Starbucks and, and making that option. So it's really shifting the way that you target where you want your money to go. Great. The Small Business Saturday is coming up this Saturday. There are tons of sales going on. Some credit card companies will offer you additional points or discounts. Uh, this episode of the Confluence Cast brought to you by American Express. Um, well, so Small Business Saturday is an interesting occasion. Okay. It was founded by American Express mm-hmm. in an effort to encourage small Small businesses businesses to accept American Express. Right, which traditionally they have not because it's a higher rate and it's more expensive. Very. But that being said, American Express did a very good job and spent a lot of money on encouraging people to shop local. It's one of the few great examples of a force program that has really worked. Mm -hmm. A lot of businesses see a great return from people coming on in using their cards. Whether or not it's fundamentally a good thing that they are accepting the card or not, a lot of people think about shopping local in a different way because of it. Right. And I would I would argue that they think about shopping local differently all year long because of it. They have invested a significant amount to addressing the challenge that small businesses don't traditionally accept their card. Uh, and there are other cards which they don't accept because of similar problems. But I think that the solution which they brought forward is one that has truly helped the small business community. Whether that's evil or not, it has indeed helped the small business community. Any other events or uh, like craft fairs that people can check out in this upcoming month? Absolutely. We are right now compiling a list, uh, which you can find at connectscolumbus.com, that will showcase different deals for Black Friday, for Small Business Saturday, and really for the entire holiday shopping season. We encourage our businesses to create deals which are unique, that allow people to save money while shopping local, but don't harm the entrepreneur in the process. It should be mentioned that people that already have an SBB card, uh, those are still valid. All those deals are still valid. Those deals now live at connectscolumbus.com. 
If you're interested in getting a Connects Columbus card, you can pick those up at uh, CD1025 at their offices down in the Brewery District. Wolf, tell us how businesses can get involved. Businesses can get involved if they are local and independent by going to ConnectsColumbus.com. Define independent. Absolutely. So if they are autonomous to the Central Ohio region. Okay. So God bless Jenny's, but Jenny's doesn't qualify anymore. That's actually an example that you've used in the past. Correct. So Jenny's is actually a gold SBB member being one that grew up here in Central Ohio, uh, expanded, and are now carrying out what they do to the rest of the nation. So local and independent. Correct. And then... They contact their friendly neighborhood sales rep for CD1025 or? The easiest way is for them to go to the website to fill out the contact us and even take the survey to let us know what kind of businesses they're interested in working with, how we can provide them the best service, the best connections. And uh, then someone will, most likely myself, will be reaching back out to them uh, to figure out if we can provide them a great value. Great. Wolf, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Tim. Sitting down here with Lynn Stan, the co-founder of Celebrate Local, which is a retail store up at Easton, also now located for the past year or so at Liberty Center in Westchester, Ohio, just north of the IKEA, as Lynn told me. Lynn, how are you? I'm good. Thanks, Tim. Good. Tell me about how Celebrate Local got started. Well, it got started because my business partner, Heidi Maybrook, has a relationship with Steiner at Easton, who is the creator and managers of Easton. Okay. And she is the short-term leasing agent. So that means that empty spaces or those little carts of the, that are seasonal that mm-hmm. falls under her, what a relationship that with businesses that she's been having for a number of years. Okay. And so she asked for permission to do a farmer's market and had asked for it before, and Easton had had one in the past. And they said, sure, have one. Great, go ahead and do it. So Heidi's a really great researcher, found a woman in California that had about 14 farmer's markets. Okay. She agreed to give us a day and a half of her time, or part of her day, and we went out to California and looked at a couple of them and talked to her about what that meant. To so be. she sort of walked you guys through, here's how you do a farmer's market. Here's how you do a farmer's market. So we came back and started planning it, and this is in the fall. How do you plan a farmer's market? Well, um, you get some farmers. You get some farmers. Well, the first thing is your location. Okay. What is your goal in terms of who you're trying to think are your audience, mm-hmm. like most things in life? Well, and I imagine Easton is a lot different than, say, the North Market. Absolutely. Right. Because of your history of what people expect from you. So the first year, we had 50 vendors, and we were in the parking lot um, behind Fado's. Okay. Okay. And beautiful setting. But it's interesting about properties is that bushes, people will think that it's not, that that becomes a wall. And although that's one of the beautiful things about Easton is in properties like that, there are no back alleys, there are no back doors, all of it is pleasant and beautiful. Right. But people don't always take that as a meaning that all the activities there are open to you. Right. If I'm imagining the parking lot correctly, it's sort of... While it is a public space, it is almost cordoned off by these large buildings. And the bushes that make it more pleasant. Right. So... Because people don't want to look at parked cars. Absolutely. And 
it so it it was a beautiful setting and to have 50 market people when right. that was concepts like green concepts um, electric cars and we always had a cooking demo always had um, some type of music and entertainment okay so it was great so when you ask about different people it's really well then who is your audience want and invite them and six years later there is more markets but there's lots more vendors looking for businesses looking for those opportunities okay so really just want to put out the word and then be realistic about who the audience is and come up with a format that allows you to perhaps rotate vendors. Okay. Because I know that one thing that happens is if you're not a very big vendor who offers a lot of different things for people to buy, right. they may not want you every week or right. need you every week. Well, like if you sell soap or something like that, like it's, you know, maybe it would you would be a better quarterly fit. Absolutely. Right. And it depends what your season is. Are you doing it indoors? Are you doing it outdoors? Honestly, in the last six years, it's been wonderful how the whole concept of creating um, agoras, mm-hmm. is that what they call them in other parts of the world? Yes. Those kind of just marketplaces. And it's wonderful that we still have the North Market. They have their challenges of how to meet their current audience, who is their audience, and what a nice discussion. I encourage you to bring them on and talk about that. Indeed. They, they have a big challenge. And, and that always because people change, um, people's expectations. What did six years ago people know about farmer's markets in our town? Different picture. Yeah. And it was beautiful that lots more were happening. Well, that now becomes a challenge for us. What should this market be? Because after the first year, we moved to the um, where the, the jumping fountains are, where the kids can play yeah, in the water. Yeah, like the center area. The town they square. Would, they would do concerts there in the past. Yeah. Exactly. So we moved there. And then the space limitations took it down to about 25 to 28, depending on how it's set up. Okay. And so it started taking a little bit of a different feel and then also trying to, um, at that point, Celebrate Local had already opened. Okay. So it was an opportunity then to start tying in, um, directing people to the store. Mm-hmm. And so that is is how Celebrate Local happened. Because we got permission to do the farmer's market, we found that people liked that these products were there. Right. But they couldn't get there those three hours right and come and deal with all of that and it just wasn't working right and oh by the way harry and david had a beautiful space and closed on february 15th of that year okay so we would always joke wow we could fill it with products and at that time i was working for ecdi and so that was always the heidi and i've always are those types of people oh great what kind of opportunities how can we connect people right you know, da 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 da. So with the farmers market, it was good. It was great. That brought a lot of attention. Did we do great sales for all of our fifty vendors? No. Okay. Um, were people a little? Some of our vendors a little younger at that time. So we all learned. But when it came for so the maybe opportunity, not setting up like the most optimal booth, or not having enough product out on the table, or not having enough product at all, uh, did they pay a fee to be in the farmers market, or was it just a revenue share? It was um, in this case, it was Easton. The Easton Farmers Market has always had a booth fee. Okay, try to keep it very um, limited. I mean, very small. Easton is very generous. They provide the tent. Great. And yes, that makes a big difference. For a few years, um, up until this last year, we actually had a trailer that was refrigerated so people could leave their products there. Wow. And keep them cold. And 
No, Easton really helped us do it. Good. Top notch. And so it's it was beautiful in that we could really see that, oh, people like that these things are available more on the east side in the Easton area. Mm-hmm. So with Harry and David closing, it made it available because that's developers like to fill it. Right. And at that time, they had some interest, but nothing long term. So they basically said... Hey, it's okay if you take over the space, but we may lease it to somebody else. Exactly. Okay. And so the 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 who became Heidi leading it for Easton as their representative, trying to fill a space. I was working for ECDI, so I was representing them. They agreed to be part of the project. Uh-huh. And at that time, Connie DeJong from Global Gallery had been reaching out to Heidi about perhaps coming back to Easton for a holiday pop-up. I forgot that they had been there, but they were no longer there. Yeah. Exactly. So one thing led to another. And so Heidi, you know, said to Connie, we're doing this. What do you think about being part of that? Right. Do you want to basically put product in? And what a challenge. Having a Celebrate Local Ohio and then having products sitting on the shelf made in Belize or Ecuador or whatever. And we knew that. And right. I and I joked from the beginning that that was okay because buy local, fair trade are the same. Just different phrases, uh, right. taking care of different audiences, but it has the same meanings behind it. Getting less in between people, good quality, knowing your producers, all of that. So we dealt with it. And from the very beginning, when we opened our doors, we realized that, hmm, we are more than a store. Okay. We are about concepts. We are about why is honey important? Why are the bees important to our environment? What does this mean to help little small businesses put a product on the shelf? Yeah, we know sometimes it's not very readable. And yes, they don't get all their this and that together because they're new. And how do you, the marketing functions, putting their packaging, because you're talking the to the you're putting it on a shelf and having people look at it and they're confused so then you have to of course you're trying to sell it so right. you get rid of the confusion but i think the funniest thing was being in that store the old harry and david and seeing people walk in thinking that they were coming in for their moose tracks and <laughs> that they could see food on the shelf but they knew they were not in harry and david anymore right and that things had changed and that was really fun to see them go from oh, what I was looking for isn't here, but oh, this is kind of cool. But let me explore this. Let me explore this, exactly. Can we give a little bit of credit to Steiner and Associates for, I I imagine given the nature of the business, they sort of helped you maybe? Immediately. Okay. Once it was truly even thought about in the discussions of going up for the farmer's market and Heidi was very involved because of her business of knowing what their plans were and having their ear and making things connect and they move they're happy to move fast because they love to they want make, that space to be filled absolutely any person who has empty spaces always looking for a new tenant right so they were very embracing of it and so you guys with some support i imagine maybe a relaxed lease from Steiner and Associates. Absolutely. And then did some financing help from ECDI. Some financing, little financing, mostly through loaning the assets. Okay. Okay, loaning me, allowing me to be there and to be an entree into helping, oh, I see. helping current ECDI clients who could perhaps put their products on a shelf, who what That's vendors cool. would be interested in, the services that ECDI did, because at the time they were creating the food fort. Right. I was about to say, people creating things at the food fort then bag them up 
and ship them on up to celebrate local. Exactly. And then that's when you really realize all different kinds of businesses may be doing the same thing, but they don't have the same thinking about how to get to their end. Right. And so when you talk to what you were just referring to, a shelf-stable something. Right. That itself is so different from and we're opening about your like door, granola or right. you know, whatnot, as opposed to opening up your food truck and serving it. Right, and and it's been fun to see some of the vendors that I was first exposed to at that time, like O Chips, okay, mm-hmm. Ohio Chips. He was there at the same time, and now to see him in the store with his product and find that is it's very 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 exciting. And so your website touts that you guys have over three hundred products. We have 300 businesses that we have relationships with. That's we have about, better than 300 products, right? Oh, my God. We have about probably 20,000 products, I swear. Now, did you have a retail background before this? I did and didn't. Okay. So what's it like sort of navigating into that space? You had talked about going out to California to learn how to do the farmer's market. Was this the sort of thing where you were, given that Heidi had so many retail relationships at least... That you sort of leaned on her and, and her connections to figure out how to do it? Well, I think the one, absolutely, she has experience in terms of helping people take a, take a space mm-hmm. and make it and adapt it to it. Right. The beauty of this particular space, the Harry and David, is we didn't have to do anything other than fill the shelves okay. and put in a because computer when they, system. They vacated and you, you had the... They, it was beautiful built-in shelving. There was no furniture that well, was and moved in. and Well, other than some, than some tables, but the beauty is they had refrigerators and freezers. That's awesome. Well, and that's also beautiful. probably lends itself to why people would walk in and think they were still in the same location because sort of the, you know, the, the palette, the layout, it's all the same. All the same. and That's great. I mean, that's a fortunate opportunity. And it's interesting to say, well, why did Harry and David leave? Okay. Harry and David left because their business model could not support them having that type of a business to rely on the traffic to support it. Right. So you get going, put in a point of sale system. We put in a point of sale system by Connie being there. Um, she created, I mean, we borrowed computers. So she really became the runner of the store. Okay. okay? Heidi was the manager of the space and, and getting our infrastructure in well, terms she of was social still media. For oh, yeah. As well. Nobody ever really stopped doing, really working for anybody else. Okay. <laughs> Connie always was still doing her global gallery, was still doing her um, world pieces, which is a her own private business with which she does now only she does oh, okay. not work for global gallery anymore so connie came and said hey you guys were already working on the concept of the store getting really close to getting it going connie came and said i want to do a holiday pop-up and you said and basically someone said i'll meet you halfway and said help run this store and you can have your product there as well we were very lucky and honestly that is why celebrate local is where it is today is that we think of something or you run into someone and you think, oh, hmm, you could help us. And mm, you're all then become interested. And then, right. wow, it happens. It just, it happens. I mean, it I, sounds I, like a really happy confluence. Yeah, absolutely. it is. And as a business, we all know that that's not always the best way to choose your direction. Right. But since we started up and truly have always still trying to struggle with how are we not a pop up? Okay. Anymore, Even though we're in a space, because we have a nice relationship with Steiner on mm-hmm. our properties, 
we have responsibilities. But honestly, if someone wanted to come pay the rack rate, right, we would have to go. Okay. So that then becomes in any property, are we worthy of the benefits that happen to a property, right. even though we're not paying the rack rate? Basically, are you showing that added value for being there, whether that be drawing in more customers or whether that be just generating goodwill from the community. And those are hard things to put down on paper. Absolutely. And that's why I said that Steiner jumped to the opportunity because they see those things and they are really wonderful to work with. I've always encouraged people to not believe, and actually for anybody with property, don't assume they may not be open to your ideas. Don't assume that they're some big faceless corporation that is simply, well, it doesn't work like that. We can't offer that. Right. And it helps that at the time I was at ECDI, that things were happening in the country. There's this thing called Temporium that was a Washington, D.C. economic development little project. Mm -hmm. Temporium. Think of the word. Emporium with with the letter T in front of it. Isn't that funny? Temporary Emporium. And that was, so we didn't we weren't making these things up. And as I always been saying lately, there's nothing new to make up. It's products and buyers it's right. sellers and and it's the environment it's, it's what do you name it now it's right. how you package things it's embracing in the customer service it's and we've been fortunate that people have loved it from the beginning and i have to admit sometimes don't understand it but love that it happens and that and i love that you watch people really think out loud mm-hmm. okay that's why I can. I love when people will say things out loud because then you can really see how it's happening in their head, and that they understand that what was going on in a farmer's market and new things in a farmer's market or going to a craft show or whatever is really their retail and another. If you were doing it at home, you could be doing Etsy. Right. But, here you're coming into a retail store where you're having access to all the different producers. And also, let's be honest, some artisans and some producers do not sell their products very well. Okay. Even so, in even in your store. No. I'm saying if they are the one in front of the customer trying to sell it. Right. Let me rephrase that. They're not good salespeople. Okay. And sometimes people don't find them very um, wanting to be bought from. Right. So a store like us gives people's products the chance to just be evaluated on what the products are. And let's be honest, at a craft show or a farmer's market, especially if you know the person and you pass by them every week on the way to your farmers, that you don't want to have eye contact because, oh my goodness. Then you're obligated to buy something. Exactly. And so we give them that third party place both sides of the equation, right? A third, a, a neutral space for the products and the the desires for that product to happen on a separate level, right? Because I see it myself too, and that's an important part to know. Because sometimes people will say, "I've sold a lot at a farmer's market," and then you have to say to them, "Who are your repeat customers? Right? Do people do they come back to you? Are they are they give, seeking you out? Are they seeking you out? And we will tell you things your family and friends do not want to tell." Right. Well, and that listeners of this podcast will remember the episode that we just did with ECDI. And if you haven't heard it, it will be linked in the show notes. Uh, But what I was surprised by, which may not have translated so much into the podcast, is how frank they are in that they talk about their stage one entrepreneurs coming in and they're going to tell them if they have a bad idea. 
Oh, absolutely. And I think that's good because it allow it then frees you up to work f- towards a good idea and something that hopefully is profitable. Absolutely. Talk about Celebrate Local has been at Easton now for roughly five years, a little bit over. Under two different business entities. Okay, talk. talk okay, me so when the that. Harry and David, after, um, so this is a project of three entities, okay? And so the books were, you know, run through as a project. Okay. And um, at the end of that, so it went from um, October 2011 through December of 2012. Okay. And when that project ended, because American Girl was coming to town, they were mm. ready to move in. They were ready to start their construction. Then um, and pay the full bore rate and, exactly, right. and bring a great new entity to Columbus, which is really very very exciting. Yeah, for them to choose this property and choose Columbus to do that, and as a process of that, so we had to close, but we offered, did the project want to move to another location? Okay. Well, at that point, those three entities, because of a variety of things, said no, but Lynn and Heidi, if you want to go do it, we'll help you. Okay. Okay, so by helping, they helped, because I was still working for ECDI, so they were, you know, helped me to kind of give time in, but also to... um, pull from some of their resources then also they were um, still loaning you out they were still loaning me out okay Mm -hmm. and and helping to direct people to them right and vice versa and it's all about partnerships it is all about partnerships so you had proven the concept and the and there was there had always been sort of a deadline to that sort of a this is how long we're going to try it then what did you and Heidi do so Heidi um it was suggested that the old roll bike shop that was on Towns Fair Way mm-hmm. um, next to Panera has never really found a good tenant, and it was still empty. And how about moving there? And okay, great. Can we know that knowing that American Girl was going to have their look, they were not going to be using any of the wonderful things that Harry and David still had left, mm-hmm. as well as Bigelow's next door. So we went and got permission and brought labor and all that good stuff so that instead of it being removed and gone to the landfill, it would be removed and be repurposed in the space. Mm -hmm. So Tim Lai and his partner helped us to kind of um, take those parts and assemble it into what is now Celebrate Local. Okay. And Heidi... And it's uh, a larger space. Oh my God, it's... Yes. Not as much foot traffic there, I imagine. Actually, much, much more. Really? Much, much more. We are between two hotels. We are one away from a coffee shop, Cheesecake Factory, Oh, and you got to think Joe's. the hotels would be a fantastic partnership for you because they're like, oh, I'm in Ohio. I'm going to buy an Ohio thing. Absolutely. That's in great. fact, it really opened up more of what we were about. Yeah. That's awesome. Definitely. Definitely just exploded really the possibilities. And that's when location, location really takes on a lot more meaning. Right. And now we're half a block away from the farmer's market, so we could do some tie-in. Yeah. So, and then here we are three and a half years later into our fourth year finishing our fourth year in the current location. And when we say 300 vendors, it's really hard to say. Probably over the course, it's probably more over 500 vendors that we have touched. Right. Some that learned quickly. That it's just not for them. Not for them. And sometimes it's because, you know, when you make a product and people like it, you got to make it again and again, and sometimes the same way. (laughs) And artists don't always like to be told what to do. And and so it's also been fun to then, 
have our, we have success stories where somebody had the graphics, somebody else could really do the producing, married them. Right. And we still have that product in the store. Um, that's a Molly Madden and Caltown Coasters. And so to marry them so that because she always had trouble making her product, but her, but she can make images galore, galore, galore. And okay. is so talented with that. I've learned so much from ECDI because at that time, it was really very obvious. You had to be very blunt with people Mm -hmm. because you were asking them to invest their time and money because entities like ECDI need you to go on, move forward. Well, and be successful. And take those loans out. It's not a sandbox. (laughs) Right. And that's what I really learned. They're there great. is some virtue to a sandbox, but easy, it is not a sandbox. Absolutely. Right. That's where, and that's why it's nice that there's ways to develop themes like the social enterprise. So if that truly is your mission, mm-hmm. great. It's still got to be serious. You still got to know your audience, but you can take a different direction and go a little to the, I don't mean this way to the left, but you can go down that path. You, that and is exactly what you mean. But it, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and then the Kiva. Um, I don't yeah. know if you're very, and the, and the, so wonderful that there are these different ways and some of it is how does ohio encourage people to do these types of things fiscally right that other states do i didn't realize that it really does differ and even something simple like if your family can you speak to that like what does ohio not do well it's i don't know the or details what do it do differently i think that it doesn't allow you as a family member to give to someone in the how do you invest in a business? I mm-hmm. guess that's really what it comes down to. Right. The narrow ways that you can invest in a business and the tax advantages to it. And this right. is because I come from a very community background. Mm-hmm. I worked in the arts. I've worked in community development types of stuff that that's never been out of my head that there's different ways to do things. Right. It's it's not You can't make enough money and then hopefully give it away because then you're charitable. Right. I would never give anything away. I'd never make it to that point. Yeah. Celebrate Local is a for-profit entity. We are. Yeah. We are trying to be a for-profit entity. Got it. We're we're trying. (laughs) But the question then becomes, is that the best business model for us? Right. Can people invest in us in some of our mission and for us to still be for profit. And of course, we used to call those things sponsorships. They'd be marketing. Right. You know, there's different types of collaborations. And, but now there's different ways to be looking at it. And so much of it is tied to not just the economic need, but the social needs of our communities. When you have someone like Aunt Flo, mm-hmm. you know, getting credit for, you know, working on making tampons and healthcare, you know, products available for women, right. that's a very specific social enterprise. Right. That is also helping society to pick up some of the pieces they're, they're not taking care of. Right. Just like when we, I love Greater Columbus Arts Council, but I always felt when in the fourth grade, when they were having, artists would come into the schools, okay. they made a permission for the schools to not support their art programs. Okay. Because they're, it's, that's outsourcing. It's outsourcing. Right. Okay, and uh, do I need to say more? And Amazon and all that type of stuff, that's outsourcing. That's outsourcing services, and so it's nothing coming back into your community. Mm-hmm. And now I'm on my soul speech. Right. It all is about supporting your local economy, and what does that mean? Why are taxes important? Why are some of these things important? And There you go. There you go. Right. <laughs> Anything else that you've that may not be immediately obvious that you've learned in the evolution of Celebrate Local? I 
I've learned that it's challenging. We're moving into a new fiscal year, mm-hmm. and that always is you want to do better. Right. Um, after being at our certain location for a number of years, you need to go to the landlords and really discuss, you know, is it working for you? How, right. how do you want it to be better? How can we improve? And Easton and Liberty both have different challenges. Mm-hmm. And I always talked about that Celebrate Local's role is what is its role in that property? Mm-hmm. That's why the farmer's market was always great, why we helped Ohio Proud do events there, why we brought the electric car event for three years, mm-hmm. because we think it's important. Easton actually happens to have a lot of energy-saving abilities, plus yeah. all those car charging stations. Right. So it just made sense. And to me, since so much is not just – it's how you spend your money on everything is what affects your economy. Right. So for us, it's not just buy your honey here and your maple syrup. Don't forget, look at electric cars. Don't forget in your own societies, when you're electing people to office, do you know what they're planning for you? Right. Do you know how they feel about things that Morpsy, do they understand that? And actually, in this particular case, Mr. Steiner is very involved in that. And if you ever want to read some of his, um, Google his name, he's really a good writer about what are public spaces, what right. are their roles. And okay. if you go to Liberty, now seeing that space 25 years after Easton was created, you see more of today's thinking. Mm-hmm. There are quiet spaces. People think it's a it's a shopping district. Sure it is. But people go to shopping districts to be together. And sometimes, to hang out. Right. And hang out. And sometimes few want to go over there and have something quiet and some want to go eat the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> you have to have a little bit of both because they come on groups. Right. And you want them to come back. And you don't want them to always come back thinking, I have to buy. I right. have to shop. I have to... Of course, you want them to always think about that. So he really is such... And that's the one thing that I've really learned is how do you have these kinds of spaces? Yes, it is about commerce. Right. But it doesn't mean that it still can't be involved in a community. And people don't think of that area of having a community. Mm -hmm. They do. There's 150,000 people that work there every day. Right. And that is one of our challenges is we know they love Celebrate Local. How do we get them to come to Celebrate Local when they don't want to move their cars? (laughs) So I'm putting this out to anyone who works in the Easton area and wants to buy from Celebrate Local. You can place an order online. We will deliver it to you at your office. Or you can swing on by and we will just hand it to you a little drive through because that is a big problem right now because you drive to your Huntington, right. you want gifts, or all those great places that are there. And then you don't want to leave because it takes you forever to get to your car. Right. Then to find a parking spot. Great idea. Yeah. Anything else that you want to include or touch on? It truly is about shopping local. And I go back to your dollars really do count wherever you spend them. Talking about my past, I had worked at Midwest Photo. Okay. okay? And they're beautiful um, camera store, small business, small business for a long time, small business, been around in Columbus, now moved into a new facility that they created. Mm -hmm. But the point was that people would stand there and talk to these camera experts who are making money selling cameras and they're online looking at BH Photo. And and I would, and it's hard, as you know, for me to hold my mouth, I would say things like, wow, who's going to win, FedEx or UPS on this one? Right. And and it just really, and I've done overseas manufacturing, so I've seen factories, I've seen... So for me to be that close to the producers, that's why the shop local is important. Not even if they don't even represent little 
local people, right. but that they are choosing products specifically for you and hope that people locally will come and support them and then their communities. And this is Small Business Month being, you know, hey, nice way to do it um, going into the holidays. Right. And American Express is rewarding people. Put it on your American Express and some people, will, you'll get double points. You know, it's great that they do encourage that. I don't think right. people know that. And we have people who are working very hard to put products on the shelf that people want to buy. And what's nice about us is the old style of if you like someone, what they're doing, but you want to change it just a little bit, we give you that opportunity. Okay. We can work with our businesses to say, you know, where I'm from, where I met, this wasn't this city, can you put this city's name on it? And okay. personalize those things. So that's something that we can do. We become a door to our vendors by just their stuff on the shelves or online at CelebrateLocalOhio.com or by coming into the store and seeing things and making, trying to personalize it. And that's a, we do a lot of that kind of work. So there's so much in town between the craft shows and the farmer's markets. There's a lot going on in town. Absolutely. For shopping local and opportunities. And just to sort of like summarize your argument about shopping local, it's great if you can give money back to a local producer. It's great if you can give money back to a local vendor. Those then create both jobs for the producer and wages for your actual retail employees all all the way to that extent. And so however many check boxes you can check off, that's what the important thing is. Starbucks is, you know, we did a whole episode with coffee roasters. And while you should be buying locally roasted coffee, Starbucks also employs local people. Absolutely. And and we are a local economy and we are a global economy and you can't fault everybody. Absolutely. But you can do your best. I agree. It's not that we're anti-Walmart, okay? Well, some may be anti-Walmart, but I know that working with overseas factories, how Walmart worked. Okay, I see Walmart changing, trying to change what they are, because you know what? Who else was employing the older people who really didn't have a way to go? And our society isn't very good at using our resources of just people and their knowledge and hooking people up. But it's when your business has our Walmart or Staples or whatever, and they don't keep those money in your community, right. and they don't, and they have play those games where they don't support the people they are hiring. That's when the problems really happen. Right. And those are the things that all of the society needs to be looking at and challenging our governments to buy p- correctly, mm-hmm. to buy locally, and what that means. We are certainly learning what it means to. What rules do we have to obey by? And, right. and then how can we act? Um, well, and I and think it's certainly, exciting times to, right. to know that we do have abilities to do it. I think also we have an opportunity and an obligation to challenge our government to provide a correction when the market is not serving us. We should certainly, you know, encourage them to spend. Yes, obviously spend Spend your local government dollars locally because that's what our taxes are for. They are for roads and they are for the things that we need, but we need for that money to stay as local as possible. Absolutely. But also providing for, like you were talking about, just simply if there is a need for something, then encourage 
them to correct it. Absolutely. You know, as you were talking, the first thing that comes to mind is, why did the prisons have to close their farms? Mm -hmm. I do not understand. It still upsets me because we're talking about bees. We're talking about just the impact on bees in Ohio, let alone whoever, and perhaps it is because it needs to be outsourced and it doesn't fit someone's budget. But those are important. We need to be able to talk about those types of things. Well, and that goes back to your argument of what are the at what is the added value for you guys being at Easton? What beyond the the cost of the farms? Yes, they're not actually making money, but they are producing something. But you know, what are the what's the added value of rehabilitation? What's the added value of teaching someone a skill? What's the added value of frankly just giving someone self worth? Absolutely. Yeah. And food, it was providing food for them to eat. So right. what not pride is there? And um, indeed, <laughs> indeed. For, for another podcast episode. <laughs> right. So, but it's it is exciting. Columbus is exciting. It's exciting that there are people who are interested in having these discussions and and really love when they stumble upon us in the store, um, whether they call us the Ohio store or um, here at that local store. I'm mm-hmm. in the souvenir shop. I never really care what they call us. That they come and they talk about us and they're happy to be able to take these little cute products um, in the shape of Ohio, about Ohio, from Ohio, by Ohioans, and and it's very exciting. Great. It's very exciting. Great. Lynn, thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you, Tim. I appreciate it very much. Confluence Cast presented by Columbus Underground. Again, you can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Please rate, subscribe, share this episode of the Confluence Cast with your friends, your family, contacts, enemies, your local shopper. If you're interested in sponsoring the Confluence Cast, get in touch with us. We can be reached by email at info at theconfluencecast.com. Our theme music was composed by Benji Robinson. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. Have a good week. (laughs) 